Chapter 2. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Well, half of that is right. Because whenever I'm visiting L.A., it's nothing but the best of times. If I'm not spending my time in a beautiful mansion I co-own with David Coverdale in Bozeman, Montana, or the avocado and marijuana farm I run in upstate New York next to my good friend Jan Hammer from Mahavishnu, I'm living that L.A. lifestyle. Just a little modest apartment above the Viper Room on the Sunset Strip. It's a place I can lay my head, listen to some great classic rock, and do lots and lots of fucking. Wisp Turlington is a man of simple needs. I like good food, great classic rock, solid conversation about classic rock on my radio show, and to test the boundaries of the flesh in an orgiastic feast for the senses on a nightly basis. And that's L.A. in a nutshell. Ugh, God, who's at the door? All right, don't worry, listener. That is just a convincing sound effect of a door knocking that I'll have Scotty put in. Scotty, don't fuck this one up. But that person in this story also said knock, knock at the same time. Knock, knock. Anybody ready to bone? And that person, Ray Manzarek from The Doors. The year is 1973. Ray has moved in next door to my L.A. pad, and he is sad. Morrison has gotten fat and died, and I've been left to pick up the pieces. Pieces that when you put them together is the puzzle that is Ray Manzarek. I toured with the Doors as a roadie, confident, sage for many, many years. And I was the one that told Jim, keep doing what you are doing and never look back. And he didn't, for better or worse. And now he was dead. And Robbie needed a shoulder to cry on. And... A little bit more than that. Hey, Wisp. I found out about another orgy. This one's gonna be wild. He told me as I walked into my bedroom and grabbed my strap on. Look, I was trying to be a good friend. And he needed this to get through his grief. And I needed him to shut the fuck up about Morrison. If you thought he talked about Jim Morrison a lot in interviews and on the Wisp Turlington show... You should have heard him in real life, unhinged. And the only thing that could shut him up was a good, healthy orgy. Before you could blink an eye, we were at a mansion in Laurel Canyon that used to be owned by Don McLean riding high on American Pie money. I had done an interview with Don for my show that went great. We talked about music, love, laughter, and then it ended abruptly when he came out of the bathroom with a shriek and blood on his hands. But that's a story for a different chapter. No, Scotty, I'll tell it in a different chapter. Don't interrupt. I have... Mumbled a voice at the door. Ah, damn it. It was Jimmy Page. I should have known. Jimmy Page? Oh, man. Hey, uh, did I ever uh, tell you about the Lizard King? Ray screamed as he barreled into the house. This wasn't going to be any ordinary orgy, not with Paige involved. Look, I don't care if you spell magic with a K like a weirdo or without one like Stevie Nicks. As long as you keep it out of my sex life, I am fine. It's all boning to me. I never went in for Aleister Crowley. The man couldn't carry a tune to save his life, and that is no friend of Wisps right there. Now Manson, he could sing like a bird. I even helped him write some songs for the Beach Boys, but his orgies were terrible. Life can be confusing, 
especially when Paige is mumbling about opening up dimensions through cum. Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law? (laughs) Whatever, man. I have one law. Rock and roll is king, and Wisp is the emperor. Well, actually, that, uh, that might be two laws, but I stand behind it. But because I'm a good friend and Ray was bawling about the Lizard King again, I guess it was time to orgy. I can't and shouldn't list all of the names of the people there. But a few names, sure. Stills and Nash, no Crosby. Dusty Springfield, Sonny Bono, Robin Gibb, Meatloaf, and many other beautiful people and beautiful friends. And they were all doing the grossest things you could ever imagine. I can't get into the details, mostly because of various lawsuits. At one point, we were experiencing pain and pleasure all at once. I swear, chains came out of the walls and ripped the flesh off of Gary Brooker from Procol Harum. It was a real Cenobite situation. I, of course, told this part of the story on my radio show, and then those bastards ripped me off. My lawyers are still dealing with Clive Barker on a daily basis. Wisp is coming for you, pinhead. Screamed out Paige as he came for the hundredth, maybe thousandth time. Is it more impressive when he pulls out that solo in cashmere? Or when you see just how much semen he can create? Well, that's not for me to judge, but it's a real toss-up. Now, I don't know if it was the sex magic or just my imagination from the peyote Herbie Hancock provided in copious amounts. But around hour four, we had all merged into one. Literally, I don't go for metaphors. I only speak in hard truth. It was like the movie The Thing, but more sexual. And as we all came at the same time, the sky opened up. And I saw a giant lizard that pulled Ray Manzarek into the sky and took him from us. We had become one, but the pull of the Lizard King was too strong. Jim, you came for me. He yelled before he disappeared, which I thought was extra odd because Ray was standing right next to me as I watched him get pulled in, still covered in Vaseline. Oh, well that's odd, huh? He exclaimed. Yeah, no shit, I told him. Mumbled Paige. No idea what that fucker was telling me. Maybe he was telling me that Ray was replaced by a shape-shifting lizard from the fourth dimension whose job was to come to Earth and preach the word of Jim Morrison. Well, joke's on them. That guy never shut up about Morrison in the first place. Or maybe it was just the peyote talking to me. I do not know. But what I do know... It was just another normal, crazy night in Los Angeles. Holly Weird, you are the best. Don't ever change.